Welcome to the Heme Consult Podcast, a weekly inspiration infusion for women of color and hematology. Dear woman of color and hematology, Heme Consults is your personal space to rest, recharge, and renew your spirit with a weekly infusion of inspiration from hematologist Dr. Toyasi Anwemena. Every Sunday, Dr. Anwemena will remind you that you are a superstar and have everything you need to succeed in your incredible career as a hematologist. Welcome to the Hematology Sisterhood that will transform your world. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Heme Consults Podcast. I'm your host, Chelsea Anwemena, and it is such a pleasure to be talking with you today. I'm a hematologist. I am a coach extraordinaire. I am a podcaster. I am so many things. I'm going to leave you with just those three today. I want to thank you for tuning in because if you were not here listening to me, I would not be here talking. And so you are the reason I'm here talking today. And I want to say thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you for lending me your ears. Your ears are so precious and so beautiful. And I mean, they're just amazing. And you are allowing me to speak to your ears today. You're allowing my voice to enter you and to go into your brain and to, I don't know, take root and do things there. Oh, I don't know. You're like, I don't know. Do I want that? (laughs) If you're new, you're like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. Should I be listening to you? I do want to thank you because you're listening to me because I don't know. I don't know why you're listening. You should tell me why. You should send me a DM and tell me why you're listening. But I just do want to say that no matter why you're listening, thank you so much for listening. (laughs) It is my pleasure. I want to shout somebody out today, actually, because, you know, I keep inviting you all to to send me a DM and tell me how this podcast is beneficial to you. And somebody did do that. And I did get a DM from one of you, and I want to thank you for it. And it's from Anita. Anita, thank you for your encouragement. And Anita said, hi, Toyosi. The episode you did on overcoming envy is so amazing. French kiss. A lot of us experience envy from others and struggle to know it is just us being so sensitive and within ourselves towards others. I appreciate the practical advice that you share with us in how to manage envy. Your words are shifting people's lives. Thank you for sharing. And P.S. by French Kiss, I mean amazing masterpiece. Thank you, Anita. I want to thank you, Anita, because you encourage me. You know, I will tell you that I record many of these episodes just sitting in a room by myself, right? And I can't tell where my words are going. I don't know who's listening. And so when you reach out and you encourage me and you say, hey, these words were particularly helpful to me, it does encourage me and it helps me to keep going. And it helps me see that even though I'm just speaking in a room by myself, there are people who are hearing this voice somewhere where I'm not. And so Anita, thank you so much. I appreciate you. And you're an amazing woman of color. You inspire me. Thank you for your generosity and your kindness. All right. Okay. So if you send me a DM, you could also feature on the show. (laughs) Wow. Okay. So let's get into today's episode. When you find yourself all alone, 
And the theme scripture for today's episode is 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 10. Yes, that's 1 Kings chapter 19, verse 10. And the themes, the theme is really around when you find yourself all alone. What do you do? What do you do? And before I continue in this episode, I just want to encourage you, a woman of color in hematology, I want to encourage you, especially if you're lonely today, especially if you look around and you say, I'm the only one. There's no one like me. And you may be saying that not because you're the only person of color in that environment, but even though you may be, but what you're saying is there's no one who's thinking like me. There's no one who can see these disparities like I can see them. There's no one who can see these patients' plights like I can see this, these patients' plights. You're thinking I'm alone here and it can feel overwhelming. It can feel so overwhelming that you want to give up. Because you look at yourself and you're like, wait, what can one person do in the midst of all of this stuff? What can one person do? And because of that, you're overwhelmed and you feel like giving up. And I just want to encourage you today that you are not alone. You are not by yourself. The cause that you champion is the cause of the universe. If I may be so bold to say the cause you champion is the cause of God. How dare I say that? I don't know. I say that. I say that anyway. And I want to encourage you that you're not alone. And you're not alone because I'm here with you. I'm here supporting you. I'm here on this podcast because of you. I wouldn't be here talking if not for you. And therefore, even though you feel lonely, I want to tell you that you are not alone. There's so many people who surround you. There's so many like us who appreciate the work you do who appreciate the change that you're bringing and who want to see you do more. We don't want you overwhelmed. We don't want you giving up. We don't want you quitting. And I want to tell you that if you are in the place where you feel like quitting, it's exactly because the breakthrough is just around the corner. And this is the time when it gets the hardest, just before everything breaks and becomes easy or easier. So I just want to encourage you, a woman of color of hematology, you are not alone. You are not alone. I'm here with you. And the universe is rooting for you. <laughs> God is rooting for you. <laughs> oh, yep, I did it. I went and said it. And I want to thank you for listening. And for those of you who don't agree, thank you for listening anyway. All right. So I'm talking about when you find yourself all alone. And I want to share really just the places I've been in my career. Wow. Wow. I'm about to share a story that I don't think I've shared yet on this podcast. It's the day I went to psychiatry. Yeah. Oh my goodness. I can't believe I'm telling you this, but I'm going to tell you the story. I went to psychiatry and the story of how I got to psychiatry is, is, is a long one. And this is, you know, many of us go to psychiatrists, like psychiatrists are great people and and I thank God for that. But I, I didn't go to psychiatry because I chose to go to psychiatry. I went to psychiatry because somebody at work told me, I won't tell you who it was, that they were worried that I wasn't safe to take care of patients. It's a long story. And, and this is not, it's not about the story, but it's about the reason I went. I went there because someone said that they didn't think I was safe enough to see patients. And so they said, they would not allow me to see any patients until I was cleared by psychiatry. So I have to tell you that that's a really deep thing, no matter the reason why I got there, right? 
it's a really deep thing for someone to say that this thing you've worked for, you've worked for so long as a physician, you've sacrificed a lot of years. This is all you do. At the time, that was all that I did. I was not yet a coach. I was not yet a podcaster. And and they said, we're threatening this thing that you do. We're threatening this thing that you took 10 years to be able to do. And we're sending you to psychiatry to see if the psychiatrist will clear you to be able to do it again. And so I went with a certain trepidation because, I mean, there's a lot to the story, but there wasn't actually anything wrong with me. There was a lot behind this whole ploy to kind of make me out to be a crazy person that I wasn't. And some of you experienced that too. But on my way there, I knew it was like, I need this person that I'm going to see to say, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I'm, I'm healthy. I'm safe to see patients. I need them to say it. And I mean, if I was sick, I, I should, I shouldn't be allowed to be sick and seeing patients, but I knew that I wasn't sick. Like other people were questioning whether I was sick or not. I had no question about not being an ill person. And so this was not me being in denial. This was me recognizing that it was a strategic ploy that was meant to hurt me. Yeah, it's a long story, and this is not where I'm going today. But so I was entering into that space feeling like I had something to, I, I, I needed desperately to come across as healthy. I needed desperately to come across as healthy, but I was broken. I was broken because I was in a situation where somebody had had put me in a in a position where I felt like my job was in jeopardy, right? I, I felt like, you know, <laughs> I felt like, so I, I, it, I, it wasn't a neutral visit. It wasn't a neutral visit. I wasn't like, oh yeah, of course I'll go. Everything is fine. It was like uh, someone's threatened me and now I have to go prove myself. And I hope the psychiatrist is a sane person and it doesn't have a hidden agenda so that, you know, we can just put this behind us. It was a very lonely experience because how do you tell people around you that you are on your way to be cleared by a psychiatrist so that you can do the work that you have spent your entire life working to try to be able to do? If there was ever an attack on my identity as a physician, that was it. And there was a lot going on in that environment. It was not just this, but this was like, to me, the height of the attack on my person on my being a physician, it was the height of the attack. And it was a lonely place because I have to tell you that when you're sad, when you're overwhelmed, when you're in despair, that's not the time you turn around and start calling people and say, hey, these are my problems. You know, when you don't have problems, you can call people and talk about your problems. But when you have a problem that hits so hard at the core of your identity, you tell nobody about it. I'll tell you what I did do. I did pray about it. Like I literally was on my face, on the floor, crying because there was nowhere else I could go. I had nobody to talk to. It was a lonely, ugly space. So lonely. I mean, but I wasn't alone, right? I knew I wasn't alone, but I definitely felt isolated, especially from the people that I felt like I had trusted enough, who I felt like had allowed me to in this position. And so, yeah, I went to the psychiatrist visit and I couldn't help it. I was so, I was so brokenhearted. I just, I think I never imagined that it could happen to me like that. And I just cried the whole time. 
which is kind of, you know, if maybe they would look at me and say, are you depressed? And so there was a time in the conversation, because I'm explaining everything that happened to the psychiatrist, the whole long saga. (laughs) And he stops and he says, there's nothing wrong with you. You're just heartbroken. And in that moment, I started to cry. I cried and I cried and I cried. And it was the cry of relief. It was the cry of allowing myself to feel pain. It was just so many emotions in that moment all coming together to say, I can't believe I'm here. I can't believe how much people have, you know, done things that have hurt me. And thank you so much for hearing me. Thank you so much for seeing me. And thank you so much for understanding me so deeply that you could name exactly what I'm experiencing. I was heartbroken. And to be honest, I will tell you that even just sharing the story with you right now brings tears to my eyes that hurt so much. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. And thank you for letting me share the story with you. So... I think that's where I'm going to end. Yeah, it's kind of like a cliffhanger, right? What happens next? Did you get to see patients anymore? You know, that's a story for another day and maybe I'll share it and maybe I won't. But in sharing that story, I want to share three lessons with you. I think the first thing I want to tell you is that people will always be people. And from the dawn of time, People have always hurt each other. And if you are a human being who lives among other people, they will hurt you too. And, and, and I'm going to go even further to say, if you're a human being who lives among other people, you have hurt others too. And it's okay. That they've hurt you is not okay. That you've hurt others is not okay. But what is okay is that it is a sign of people, people hurting people, sometimes intentionally, but most of the time not intentionally, most of the time not knowing. And so because people are people and because people hurt people, we need to be prepared for the next hurt. But we don't prepare by retreating into ourselves and you know, and like occupying a shell and saying, I'm going to be far away from you so that you don't hurt me. Sometimes we do do that. But what we do do is we prepare to forgive the next hurt. That's what we do. We live in a place where we are constantly just releasing hurt. Because here's the problem with hurt. As long as you hold on to it, it keeps hurting you. As long as I hold on to what you did to me, how you sent me to psychiatry to try to take away my right to see patients, as long as I live in that space, I continue to experience the pain. I will tell you, I've not cried over this situation for years now. It's been years since this happened, but I'm telling you the story and it brings tears to my eyes because it really was a place of hurt. And if I hold on to the hurt and I keep sharing the hurt, it continues to hurt me. And so I'm glad I can share the story with you today because I believe I share the story with you so that it helps you no matter what you're going through. It hurts and it's okay. But what I want you to do is to release the hurt because, oh my goodness, as long as you hold on to it, it keeps hurting. It doesn't stop hurting until you you let it go, until you say, I, give, I, I send you away, go away. Hurt, I don't hold on to you anymore. 
And so I'm inviting us to let go of every hurt, recognizing that people are people and that as long as we are in relationship with people, they will likely hurt us again. The second thing I'm inviting you to do is to love because you know what? The greatest power in the world that overcomes every hurt is love. And I will tell you that I'm not even talking about love of other people. I'm talking about love of yourself. I'm inviting you to love yourself because loving yourself allows you to say, why do I keep allowing myself to be hurt? Loving yourself says I'm releasing the hurts so that they no longer hurt me. Loving yourself also says I'm leaving environments in which people are prone to hurt me or people hurt me consistently. Loving yourself means I am going to environments where there are people who love me unconditionally, who support me unconditionally. I'm inviting you to love and to love yourself radically. I'm not even inviting you to love other people. You know, you cannot love other people well until you love yourself well. And so this thing you're doing where you're putting your life on the line, you're sacrificing your life or you're sacrificing your time, you're sacrificing your nights, you're sacrificing your weekends because you think you're helping other people. It doesn't work to help anybody until you can love yourself enough to give yourself what you need. And what you need is probably some more sleep. What you need is time to recuperate over the weekend. What you need is time to distress at night. No, you cannot love your patient when you are sick. And I'm inviting you to take a step back to love the one who must be loved so that she or he can give their love in the best way possible. I don't know what you think you're giving people right now, but if you do not love yourself enough, you're giving them trash. Yes, you are. And you can feel it. You know, you know, you are giving less than your best. And I'm inviting you to take time and love yourself first so that you can love, <laughs> so that you can love the people around you that you really want to serve. The third thing I want to tell you is that we don't know how to love. We are taught how to love. And if for whatever reason you are struggling to love yourself, then maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to learn how to love. And I'm inviting you, I'm inviting you to go and do what it takes to learn to love yourself. It should come naturally. It should come intuitively. That's what we say. But love is something we learn. We learn love from our parents when we are first born. Some of us didn't get the love that we needed from our parents. They struggled to love themselves, so then they couldn't love us well enough. So some of us have grown up with a deficit in knowing how to love. Some of us as adults have come to take abusive experiences as love. A mentor yells at you, a mentor undermines you and says it's because I care about you and you're like oh yeah thank you so much for caring for me I am so grateful because you do not yet understand what it means to really love and I'm inviting you I'm inviting you to go to school for love go to school for love mm -hmm. yep go and learn how to love yourself because until you do that 
whatever love you think you're giving other people, mm, it's falling short. All right. What are my calls to action? My call to action is for you to recognize, number one, that you are not alone. Yes, you may feel isolated. You may feel isolated, but you are not alone. The first thing is to recognize that there are other people like-minded like you. You are not alone. There's a tribe that gets you. There's a tribe that wants you to be part of them. You are not alone. The second thing I'm going to ask you to do is stop being by yourself. Go find community. Go do it. Go do it. And if you don't have community, and the reality is that you do, you should come join my community. Yes, you should come join my coaching community. And yes, it'll cost you a pretty penny. It'll cost you a great investment. You'll get amazing return on your investment. Come join my coaching community. But you don't have to join my coaching community, right? You're surrounded by community. So I'm inviting you to go find your community and go join yourself to them. Don't be alone. Stop being by yourself. You're alone, not because you have to be, but because you choose to be. And I see some of you looking at me and saying, what do you mean I choose to be alone? I don't choose. No one's coming to me. No, they're not coming. That's why you got to go find them. That's why you got to get up. It's, it's why you got to climb the mountain and the hill to go to the community. They're, they're in a secluded place because of the challenges of hurt that exist in their environment, right? <laughs> the people who sent me to psychiatry, I, I don't hang out with them very much anymore. Not because I hate them, but just because I can, I can see what they like to do. And I, I, I prefer to just not spend my time proving myself to psychiatry. I prefer not to do that, right? Going to the workplace psychiatrist and saying, hey, I'm safe. I can see patients. I just prefer not to do that. Yeah, the rest of them, the rest of the people who are like-minded, they're not out in the open. They're hiding in seclusion. So yeah, you got to get up and go find them. But you will be so glad you did. The third thing I'm inviting you to do is to create your own community. Mm -hmm. You can go find your own or you can create it. That, that, that like is a, is a boss level. That's a boss level. You have to decide if you're going to get up and do the boss thing. But it's to create your own community because there are people like you, just like you, who are younger than you in different ways. They may not be younger by, than you by age, but younger by, than you in the academy or younger than you in, you know, in, in this life experience that you have specifically. There are people who are looking to you. If you would just create the community, they will come. They will come. And so when you find yourself alone, stop being alone. It really is. Stop being alone. Stop it. <laughs> Get up and go find community or create community. But it's not okay anymore for you to sit by yourself and cry. It's not okay anymore for you to sit by yourself and say, woe is me. It is not okay anymore because you know what you need to do to make change happen, uh, will you do it? Mm, will you do it? All right. Thank you for listening today. I invite you to share this episode with someone because you know it's just encouraged you. And if it's encouraged you, please don't take all the encouragement by yourself. Share it with someone else. You're like, oh, they're not a woman of color in hematology. Who cares? <laughs> the people who listen to me are not women of color in hematology. I started this podcast for women of color in hematology, but I recognize that so many more people listen to it that are not in hematology. It's okay to come out of the closet and say, hey, I've been listening to you and I'm not a woman of color in hematology. It's okay to do that. And invite somebody else who's not a woman of color in hematology to listen. Because as you can see, this is not just about women of color in hematology. 
And if you go back to one of my earlier episodes, I told you what it means to be a woman of color in hematology. It doesn't have anything to be, uh, it doesn't have anything to do with being a woman. It doesn't have anything to be a person of color. It doesn't have anything to do with being in hematology. It just has to do with you taking ownership, with you leading. It has to do with you owning who you are and not being ashamed of it and paying the price that it costs so that you can get where you need to go. Yeah, I'm not going back to that episode, but you should go back and look for it. It's how to be a woman, how to be a woman of color, how to be a woman of color in mythology. Yeah. <laughs> All right, people. Thank you for listening, and thank you for sharing the love with somebody else who needs to hear it. It's been a pleasure talking with you today. Go forth and prosper. Prosper.